I have so much I want to bring up that isn't playoff related, and it's just about general like food habits. But I feel like we should maybe talk about playoffs. Playoffs, then candy corn debate. Okay. What is going on, baseball fans? My name is Jack, joined here by Lorenzo. Welcome to We Got Ice, the number one. We're not. We're not I'm not going to lie off the bat. We're not, we're not number one at really anything, but we're here, and that's what matters. We're also joined by producer Wilson. He's number one at sucking eggs. He does suck a lot of eggs. Yeah, I feel like whenever people, if we were to say, oh, where's the number one baseball podcast? Where's the number one baseball podcast if you already listened to seven other baseball podcasts and you happen to stumble upon us? You have a set eight. I got a set Oh, that's true. Maybe 18. I feel like we're number 18. Solid. We're in the top 100. Top 100 for sure. We're, we ranked. That's all that matters. We medaled. We ranked. We, we ranked. Um, baseball is ha- – oh, I have so much I want to bring up. We haven't Dude. talked to you guys in a little bit. The postseason's been wild. I have so much I want to bring up. And I'll leave you with one note that today I have made it my mission – I have to learn how to backflip. I want to learn how to rip a Daner off a cliff like the cool kids. It's going to be my Thanksgiving revolution. Resolution. My New Year's revolution. Your Thanksgiving revolution. My New Year's resolution. Is your Thanksgiving resolution that moment when you finish eating your third plate of food, you lie on the couch for a 5 p.m. nap as your uncle yells about politics, and you're like, I'm going to be better tomorrow. I'm a new me. Yeah. I'm glad I painted that image perfectly for you because I haven't really experienced good. that. I've never had that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so I, I will backflip on a, the TikTok in the next year. I really want to learn how to backflip. Somebody clip this because I promise you're not going to backflip, and this is going to be a funny clip to go back to. I came in here ready to fully talk about candy corn and how much mm-hmm. it owns the internet for absolutely no reason, but we don't have time for that. Instead, we got to tell you who's bringing this episode of the podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Patreon. That's right, guys. Thank you to all of our newest patrons. If you guys want to receive a special shout-out on the podcast, along with a bunch of bonus content, access to exclusive episodes of this very here podcast with the Wild Playoffs. We're not able to post as much as we would love to because we're covering them on all social media's ad. So, Patreon.com, you got a bunch of episodes backlogs right now where we talk and debate things like candy corn being a bad candy. $5 a month or $1 a month, patreon.com slash we got ice. Again, that's patreon.com slash we got ice. Go help support the show today. Talk baseball with us, huh? Talk baseball with us in our Discord chat. $1 it's a, fun a month. Time. It's it is. Fun. I sent a selfie today a in the Discord. Okay. Good, the I good felt, angles. I felt, it was a bad angle, but I felt cute. I felt cute. Oh, we like that. We like that. $5 a month gets you and bonus episode every week where we do a lot of drafts. We draft and random so- things. And I am undefeated, and Lorenzo loses every time. So if you want to come Lies. listen to that, subscribe. Thank you very much, patrons. So patron Patreon out of the way, my backflip obsession out of the way. The The divisional series round is over. And, I mean, if you are following us on any social media platform, which you probably are, thank you for following, it was amazing. Every series was good. And I guess, do we want to start with the one that just ended? We're recording this at... One in the morning, the Giants just lost to the Dodgers in Game 5, the only Game 5, and the most rivalry-esque series, 
ends in a game five, two to one Dodgers on a controversial call. I say we work from the very end. Let's work from the ninth inning onto the first inning of the Red Sox game. Okay, I'm here for it. I do have a couple bigger takeaways just real quick. I oh, realized how much I love this podcast because when we're not doing the podcast, it's really hard for like, I don't know about if you feel this, for me to express my opinions on baseball games. Like for Instagram or Twitter or like even TikTok, it's like, oh, I can't really give a take on anything that's happening here because I'm too stupid to have like insight, you know, like yeah. in like a tweet. I can't be like, oh, this is what this is why this guy's doing this. And if I post anything, it's just going to peeve people off. So I kind of just stay very mutual on social media. And then when I got yeah. on the podcast is where I'm like, I kind of miss doing this. I get me, it gets me sad. I'm like, oh, I want to be on the pod right now. I've definitely been missing it. We're working on a, uh, some big things coming basically for the world series. And, and then on, I'm um, kind of revolutionize furry. resolution, revolution, like my backflip revolutionize the podcast it's gonna be awesome but i have been missing it this podcast really is dumb baseball therapy which it's maybe therapy should for me. be our new description of the podcast wilson write that down he's but not yeah. gonna write it down he's no you know, chance he's he sucks. writing that down also i if the red sox win the world series i will walk through boston carmen's comments dressed as a furry and you my owner how does that sound go astros Go Astros. <laughs> Look, let's start the Dodgers vs. Giants series. As Jack hinted, it was the best series, I think, in the divisional round. The most evenly matched up. It goes all the way down to game five. It was crazy. Giants win game one. Dodgers win game two. Giants win game three. Dodgers win game four. Dodgers win game five. Two to one in an absolute showdown. They played a little bit of mind games on the Giants going into game five. They announced that Corey Kniebel would be starting for them. The reliever doing a little bit of an opener instead of Julio Urias. He comes into third inning after they go Kniebel to Gratterall, just pumping 100 in the second inning. Then you get Urias all the way to the seventh inning, followed by Max Scherzer closing out the ninth, which I have a take on uh, starters closing out the ninth inning in playoff games. But... Logan Webb is the story that will get forgetting and forgotten in this series. He goes 14 and one third inning with one earned run against the Dodgers. He goes 14 and a third, four, 15 and a third. I'm sorry, with one earned run against the LA Dodgers. He just joined the likes of Madison Bumgarner and Tim Lincecum as the freaking guy in San Francisco. But at last, the giant season's over. They're done. They're out of the playoffs. 107 wins. The Dodgers got him. This is really going to test my podcasting skills. I have so many things I want to blurt out. This series was awesome. It didn't capture me at first. The Giants won the first game. I was like, okay. By the end, it was awesome. Everything was really cool. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> sorry. I'm having a little of an existential crisis here. You my first takeaway, right I think, is this the craziest pitching lineup we've ever seen in a playoff game? Yes. Going 100%. Corey Kniebel to Gratterall to Arias, who's a postseason legend already at age 25, to Max Scherzer to close out the game. It's almost like they did it backwards, which is kind of fun. My second point, Corey Kniebel, if his nickname isn't Evil, evil Kniebel, they're doing something wrong. Miss. That's a, a miss, miss if it's not already yeah. a thing. I would assume it is, but Evil Kniebel has to be a thing. And then Bruce Gratterall threw 103 miles per hour in a game. So, I mean, 
That's cool, I guess. My biggest takeaway from this game and this series is, one, the pitching on both sides, the high-level pitching on both sides. I think the Giants, probably more than the Dodgers, blew me away. I did not uh, know how good Logan Webb truly is. That guy is freaking filthy, dude. His two-seam fastball and his sinker are freaking filthy. His changeup. He threw eight out of nine changeups to Cody Ballinger at one point. Just changeup parade. He is dirty. Tyler Rogers, everyone talks about him, freaking disgusting. And then Duvall, the closer, who got tagged up technically for this game, lost the game for them, also freaking dirty, dude. The yeah. pitchers on his staff are crazy. They have stuff that, like, the Rays pitchers have, and I th- people definitely didn't. East Coast fans like us definitely didn't know they had that bullpen arsenal. I mean, the thing with Logan Webb, is he this year's like Dustin May? This season, I heard nothing about him, and then he comes into the playoffs and basically keeps the Giants in the series as long as he possibly could. That's crazy. I'm sure we're going to be talking a lot about him next year. I did not know personally who he was or exactly how good he was, but he came in and I think he had that that 2020 Dustin May effect where people are like, this guy's stuff is crazy. He's kind of fun to watch pitch. His arm angle's weird, and he's dominating a really good team. No, that's an us problem. Not a, not a like, a he was not good. He was dominant all year long. He had a free ERA. Well, yeah. That's just us being on, like, East Coast fans. But I know what you mean. He definitely made a but, name for himself among every baseball fan this postseason. He, yeah, he was, he was telling it. Definitely an us problem. But even that, like... I didn't hear his name a single time on, like, the MLB Instagram or stuff. It was always I agree. other pitchers, like T- Taylor Rogers or Gosman even. But, like, what's what was Logan Webb doing? Like, he was killing it. Yeah, he's freaking gross, and I definitely agree. He de- he made a name for himself. It kind of changed. But I feel like a lot of people are going to point. I got a couple keys to this series. We'll try to do each series in a reasonable time. But a couple keys to this series. Just, number one, fun. First time Giants and Dodgers ever met in the playoffs fun second it's fitting that it comes down to a one-run game and a called strike free check swing oh, here we go we're getting on the into final it. play we're getting into it my first take before we get into that is it doesn't really matter that they called him out on the check swing it's a terrible way to end the game for people who didn't see it um who was that bat i forget who was the guy hitting why can't I remember? Ooh. I will find this out. Um, but One the, of the guys the hitter f- isn't great. I just forget who it was because I know Late Night Lamont just flew out or struck out the hitter before, and then it was – I forget who swung it. I just can't remember because the angles that I keep seeing, they don't show his jersey number. They just show his face. Flores, I think. Floor, yes, Wilmer Flores. Um, he historically doesn't do well against Max Scherzer at all. He was down 0-2. The Dodgers were up anyways. 0-2 to Max Scherzer. You're probably not getting a hit. But he checked on that curveball in the dirt on an 0-2 count. The umpire rung him up on a check swing. That, was, that wasn't even close to a check swing. It was like more of like a hip thrust than anything else. One, I mean, shout out BBD. On, I saw this tweet. It was one of the most like non-swing called strike threes that I've ever seen. Oh, it was. It wasn't even... That wasn't a swing. That was more of like, hey, we're at the club, and I'm going to show you a little hip move to kind of get your attention. I I always like to play on both sides. I'm wearing a Giants fan, but I was... What? I'm wearing a Giants shirt, but I was kind of rooting for the Dodgers in the beginning, so I'm playing both sides here. I never was. 
is there any way that Dodger, Dodgers fans would say that was a swing? No, I think Dodgers fans probably just say, you know, like, eat pee or something and then, like, don't mm-hmm. address it. And that's what I would do if I were, like, a Dodgers fan who liked to, like, if I was a fan who did that type thing. You just ignore it and you just say, we won, you lost, you know, go cry or something. That's probably what they do. Or, like, that's yeah, what a fan I, would do in this moment. I just, the 0-2 Max Scherzer in the game, two outs. Yeah, it, I don't, it's first. one of those plays that matters so much, but if you really look at it, it doesn't matter that much. Yeah. I will say... I did think the Giants were going to win this game when Justin Turner fumbled that ball from Chris Bryant and Chris Bryant uh, got on base. I think they ruled it an error officially, but yeah, it was definitely. a cl- clear error. And I was like, oh, so the Giants are going to win in like this weird With type of Tommy Pham. Yeah. And I was like, the Tommy Pham 2019 wildcard game all over again. That's what it kind of rang yeah. out to me. Yeah. And then he, I mean, late night Lamont pulled one. Like thirty feet foul, it would have been a home run. I was like, "Oh, it's close." I was definitely rooting for a Giants walk off there. I flip flopped so many times, but I know it's so late right now. We were like, "Someone just win the game, so the ALDS will be over." The East Coast, it's it's rough in the playoffs for the West Coast. It's brutal to watch a a one a.m. baseball game. It's it can be tough. Uh, I had a couple moments like that. My my probably the biggest takeaway at the end of the game for me. Worst celebration to go to the ALCS maybe ever. It's a called strike three that everyone knows wasn't a swing. And then Giants fans are stunned and confused while Max Scherzer, the closer, is celebrating in the Giants stadium to go to the ALCS. It was so not exciting. And the announcers were like, that wasn't a swing. Like, that that's a crazy call. And then the Giants are moving on. It was so not hype. It was. It's, it's so true. And my take on Scherzer and the way that the Dodgers managed Game 5, remember last year when the Yankees brought in, um, I think they started the game with David Garcia for in Game 2 or Game 3 of the ALDS against. Then they brought in Jay Happ <laughs> because they wanted to get their raise to flip their lineup over and they wanted to go that lefty-righty. And that's the same thing that the Dodgers were doing tonight. They wanted to get Donovan Solano into the game. And they wanted to get Tommy Lastella out. They wanted to flip the Giants' left-right mm-hmm. lineup. So they announced they're starting a righty instead of the lefty Urias. And I was so interested because tomorrow we're all going to praise or tonight we're all going to praise the Dodgers for that move. I still don't like it. I still think it was a weird move. I still think it was yeah. a bad move. Not a bad move because it worked. But I still think it was a weird move. But the only thing that I take out of it that I love is just I love starters coming out of the bullpen. It gets me going awesome. in October. But yeah. still, I, I if I look at that move and I'm like, ooh, that's I don't like that. It's like too yeah, smart I, for your own good. I go back and forth on that because the Dodgers won the game, but they won two to one. What is that the big difference maker if you don't just start Julio Dude, and let him Knievel ride? Knievel got rocked. He got yeah. lucky. And he got Bruce rocked. too. I mean. Brewster got out of it, but they barely escaped the first and second inning, and they were a couple big hits away from being like, oh, we threw the game because we didn't just start Julio. But at the end of the day, they go to Niebel, Gratterall, Arias, and Scherzer, and you're going to say that's the craziest lineup ever, and they let up one run, and they won game five. So it worked out, but if you just let Arias ride for eight or seven and then bring in Scherzer or something, do you get the same effect? Like, at it's weird. I feel like it's going to get praised 
too much, but it's still I agree. smart. At the end of the day, I guess. It's smart in a weird way. It worked. I don't I don't like it. I don't agree with it, but it worked. So who am I to say? Either way, Dodgers are moving on to the NLCS. I thought this was the most dramatic and fun uh series for yeah. like the casual yeah. fan. I have one more kind of hot takey thing. Ooh, go for it. Go for it. I'm feeling spicy tonight. I'm going for it. Thank shout out to the listeners. We love you all. This series did it more showcase the Giants had really amazing pitching or for this Dodgers lineup that is one of an all like an all-time hitting lineup. They didn't score a lot of runs. Is that kind of a concern in the future or is that really proving how good the Giants were? They really had trouble scoring runs, except for what, game two, where they kind of broke out? Yeah, this Dodgers lineup screams Yankees to me. I see a lot of similarities between these two teams, uh, the Yankees and the Dodgers. The Dodgers just kind of compete harder, and like there's not as much like weird vibes on that team as there are on the Yankees. They have really good pitching. Yeah, but so do the Yankees. They just have better pitching, and I also think they're just like more cohesive, but like with their manager and just how they run their operation. But the Dodgers like lineup, it's full of names that just haven't really been that good this year. We've talked about this before. Mookie Betts is batting an injury. Cody Bellinger is not the guy, although he had a big hit tonight. Love that. If you, if you come that's in you the playoffs, if you're struggling in the playoffs and you're a big name, like a big star, and you come up in a big spot, show every dollar you own that he's going to do something. Like, I could have predicted Cody Bellinger was going to have a big hit tonight. That yeah. was obvious. That's the... For Giants fans, you must just be so mad at the Dodgers because, and Cardinals fans too, they have so many guys. I said it before, Chris Taylor hits the walk-off off the bench. This season, Justin Turner, a postseason like hero borderline every year, has been sucking. He makes the error, almost loses them the game. But that doesn't matter because then Bellinger can come up. Mooty can get big hits. He was hitting everything. They're just, they have so many guys who have an opportunity that they don't need to be firing all at the same time. But this series was probably the first time in a couple years where I was like, oh, they almost weren't firing enough that they lost. Like, they came really close to just not hitting the ball enough that they couldn't move on. Their pitching was crazy, luckily, and they got timely hits, but not a lot of bombs. Not a lot of, like, like this lineup should score 10 runs. The Red Sox were scoring a bunch of runs off the Rays. Like, I, it, it, was- it feels a little weird. I hear what you say on the offensive drought, and that kind of carries over into our next series with the Brewers and the Braves, and uh, two teams that also struggle to score a lot of runs. I'm going to be completely honest with you. I didn't get to watch every single one of these games. It was one of those series where I didn't get to dial in entirely, and I wish I did more. I dialed into the last game, game four. Freddie Freeman's a bad man. He clips Josh Hader. They go the go-ahead home run. It eventually knocks the Brewers out of the playoffs. But a couple things that I noticed and are interesting in the series. Number one, the Brewers couldn't score a lick, man. Besides Rowdy Telez, they could just not put up runs against the Braves pitching staff, which yeah. was crazy. We can just start there. But, Jack, what was your big takeaway from this series? Yeah, so Braves win in four. No, three. Four. No, four. You have to win three. It was two to one, then they won. That's math. My biggest Bink. takeaway was the Braves are in the ALCS. And that's NLCS. Insane. You keep saying ALCS. I'm going to come NLCS, and slap you. Whatever. Gosh. People know it. <laughs> the Braves are in the NLCS. That's crazy. We went from, are they going to win the division, to they're in the NLCS facing the Dodgers, just like last year, but they're so much 
different. It's crazy. So different. And it's annoying how people look back and be like, oh, yeah, two years in a row they had the matchup. But, I mean, so much is different. So props to the Braves for getting there. And then, as you said, the Brewers can't score. And that's kind of been their issue for so long. They've been, they had a little bit of pitching non-help, if I'm going to use that word. But, yeah, they their lineup is missing bats. They can't score in the big games. And even the Braves, I mean, the Braves squeaked by wins by not scoring a lot of runs, but they just outstored an offense that relies on their pitching so much that, I mean, you're not going to expect Lorenzo Cain to hit a grand slam. You that's He did that with the Royals a couple times, but he's not going to do that with the Brewers. Seems like a big issue that needs to be fixed and has been exposed in the playoffs a lot. That was kind of harsh. I like the Brewers. I know. You really went out on them. A couple big things stood out to me uh, in this series. First off, dude, being a closer sucks. Being a closer oh, yeah. sucks major eggs. You that's, were... that's why they just use starters now. <laughs> I know, dude. When you're a closer, Josh Hader didn't give up a home run since like freaking August. And then he gets clipped by Freddie Freeman one time. And I always feel like the biggest closers in baseball always lose it in the playoffs. Oh, yeah, you want to know why? It's because they're out there every single night facing the best hitters in the world, and they get one hit off them, and then they lose the game, and it's over, and everyone's like, they're a choker. So don't be a closer. Don't Sounds like a bad time. My other thing is that Devin Williams lost really reared its ugly head in this series. Adrian Hauser, two home runs given up to Jock Peterson. In the series, that matchup was brutal. We talked about it a little bit when we got there, our NLDS peeping. But those were situations that could have been Williams instead of Hauser. So that really shined its head in this series as like, a, ooh, that's a deficiency for the Brewers. And they're, they couldn't score, and their strength was pitching, and they lost a part of that strength. And then obviously the Braves are just freaking built different because Max Fried's a god. I'm going to throw a take at you like... Will Ferrell threw those imaginary juggling balls at Michael Scott in the office. Remember that I'm team? ready for this. I'm, that's what my takes are going to be doing to your brain right now. Jock Peterson was the most efficient trade deadline move because he single-handedly basically took the Braves, who were bad, borderline not making the playoffs, to the NLCS. Essentially on that one offensive move, because he's just going to pop a few dingers, leave, and go get a nice dinner. Did you see he was hitting home runs with Anthony Rizzo's bat? He's a, And he's wearing pearl necklaces. I mean, come on. He's a beast. It's October, man. It's October. But, yeah, I agree. It's crazy when we look at this series and how the Braves got here. They're so fun. I wish they had Acuna Jr. I, like, need that in my life. It upsets me that they don't. You just said Acuna Jr. in a Boston accent. I did. It came out of me. A little bit of selfie slipped out of me. It's yeah. 1 a.m. My Boston side showing. Get a little selfie slip. <laughs> a little selfie slip. But let's preview the cool. NLCS while we're here and we're already done. We got Dodgers versus Braves now. The matchup that I feel like nobody wanted but we got. Like, crazy. Our predictions, I had, we both went 1-1. One one. No, wait. I went 0-2. Oh you went 2-2 two two in the NLDS. You had Bravers, Braves, Dodgers. I went Brewers, Giants. Damn, I took an L. Yeah, I went 2-0. and Yeah, and I went 0-2. Standings yeah. are not looking good for me. I'm not going to look forward to making that graphic tomorrow. But Braves versus Dodgers. It's the repeat of last year. Entirely different circumstances. How you feeling, Jack? What's your early lean on this series? The Braves have a lot 
to prove. I, I'm. It feels, I don't want to take away anything from the Braves, but it feels like the Giants is the best opponent the Dodgers are going to face this postseason, maybe. So, seven-game set, Braves-Dodgers, it feels so heavily favored by the Dodgers. But we did see the Giants give them a straight run for their money. I mean, after watching that series, it just ended, early reactions, but it feels like it's the Giants still got a little bit of a win. Like, it, it didn't feel completely bad on the Dodge, or the Giants' part. I was like, oh, I was expecting the Dodgers to dominate. So, it, the Braves might have a little bit of magic. I didn't watch a ton of that series, the Brewers series as well. Didn't really get to feel out the magic, but they're going to have to score a lot more runs off of probably a more complete pitching staff. It, it's close. The Brewers pitching is really good, but... I'm leaning heavy, Dodgers. Dodgers in five. I think it's pretty easy. The The Braves have the story. Like, they've gotten here, and they've battled injuries all year. They're super resilient. The way they the, put out the Braves in game four was impressive as all how in Milwaukee. Like, that was, a, that was a ballsy game. Yeah. They were here last year against this Dodgers team. They have that edge of, hey, you beat us last year. We're coming Three back. lead. Yeah, but the talent gap, in my opinion, is just so big. With the, without Soroka, without Acuna, I think the like the injury on this team is just they're going to show up. I don't love to enter the Braves bullpen at all uh, with Will Smith and Matzik. Like they don't impress me compared to what you're getting out of the Dodgers bullpen. I think the Dodgers. I I agree. I think whoever I said this, whoever won the Giants versus Dodgers series was coming out of the NLCS or right, coming out of the NL because they were the two yeah. best teams in all the baseball this year. So whoever won was going to go to the World Series, and I just don't see the Braves being able to knock off the Dodgers. Like, there's nothing that the Braves do better than the Dodgers. My knee pits are sweating, like, a lot right now. Yeah, I'm a little damp down there, too. It it really blows my mind how we have a rematch, Braves-Dodgers, of last year. The Braves were up 3-1, to and the Dodgers came back and then had to face the Rays and eventually beat them. You guys know the story. And how are we back here? Like, the this Braves team, unless I'm missing something crazy, is so much worse than last year. Oh, on paper, for sure. And on the field, like, they, like their record and their what they played, how they played this season, and not until the end of the year did they really get hot. And they, It wasn't yeah. even them getting hot. It was just everybody else getting ice cold and them just, you yeah. know, playing good baseball down the, the stretch. But there's just a vibes on these teams. Like, the Dodgers are a freaking wagon, man. If the Giants could have knocked them off with all the good vibes in the world, then the, I don't think the Braves are going to be able to do it. The Dodgers are a wild card team that is the division winner team in this series. And the Braves won the division, and they won the NLDS fairly easily compared to the Dodgers series, but they're the wild card team. Yeah, it, that's definitely how it feels. And the Dodgers, I think the Braves are hosting the Dodgers. The Braves host the really? Dodgers because Bra- yeah, Braves are they won the, the division, division, and Dodgers are wild card team. That's so, so Braves, crazy. It is crazy. So Braves are getting first two games at home, so I got to make some noise. And then you got free in LA. <laughs> the Dodgers not having home field advantage at all feels like undercover so boss. It feels hilarious. Like it's it kind like- of perfect. It's like when you see your boss doing like a job that an intern would do, and you're like, "That's not right." Like he, they're wrong. just playing, and eventually they'll go back up. But the Giants, I mean, the Dodgers are gonna have to win their way on the road, which is crazy. Can I make a hot take right here, and then we'll move oh, to the yeah. AL? 
there's going to be a Mookie free home run game in this series. There's going to be the Mookie's like has free bombs in like game three of the series, and Dodgers go up two to one, and then they win the next two, and it's over. Yeah, I mean, last year was the Julio Urias and Mookie Betts show, basically. Braves win game one, Dodgers win the next four. Book it. Ooh, like that. Give them a little false hope. A little false hope. They like to get. They're coming off the hangover of this giant series and this craziness. Braves have had the time to rest. They're going to beat them game one. Then they're going to win. Then they're going to close it out in LA because they do the two free two sets. I'm excited to watch these games, which I think is great because sometimes the NL loses me, but I'm very excited. Braves, Dodgers. Braves were my original World Series pick. So that's kind of fun for me if they're still in it. And I haven't watched a lot of the Braves. So just, I mean, selfishly, I'm excited to watch the Braves play and like what they're rocking with. They, I mean, it's borderline a completely new feel. Like there's no Acuna, there's no Ozuna, there's no Soroka, but you got Jorge Soler and Jock Peterson on the Braves doing it in the playoffs. So it's still fun. There's still talent, a lot of bombs being hit. I'm excited. They're like the little engine that could now. Instead of the powerhouse. It's a very different vibe. Yeah. But yeah. let's move on to the AL. White Sox versus Astros. Astros beat the White Sox in four games. Now, this series was the one series where I knew exactly what was going to happen. And it played out exactly how I picked it. I picked Astros yeah. in five, I believe. Not Astros in four. But it was the exact thing that we imagined. And there's only a couple things that I really want to talk about in this series. The Ryan Tapera comments stand out to me the most. After the White Sox win game three against the Astros, they hit, they scored finally. I think they put up nine, ten runs on the Astros at home, two to one. Ryan Tapera comes out afterwards and says, hey, you know, it's nice that we can score some runs now that we're not in Houston. They seem to swing the bats a lot better when they're in Houston. Kind of bringing up the whole Astros cheating scandal. Next day, Astros come out win 10-1, to 1, close out the series. Jose Altuve, a little salt in the wound with a late homer. It's crazy. What is your thoughts on those comments, Jackie? <laughs> Dusty absolutely owned the White Sox Yo, and Tapera. Dusty's a he, bad man. <laughs> he does. Honestly, that was the first time I've ever heard his name. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Dusty, hold it. Do you know what, though? Just... Dusty's not on Twitter, so I believe him. Oh, for sure. I don't even he's think he was m- trying to own him. He's maybe on Facebook, but that's a harsh oh. maybe. Maybe MySpace has trickled in there once and now and again, but I honestly believed him, which made it even more painful. So, yeah, I mean, that's just real rough for Tapera. And this, we've had a weird relationship with the Astros. I wonder what the fans think. Are they... Like, Astros fans maybe start to like us now, and other fans are maybe a little salty, but... I've noticed a a lot of Astros fans popping up on our socials lately. They're kind of, like, trickling in. Yeah, we're we're tapping that market. You guys did cheat, but, you know, hey, this was the first big win they had in a long time where everyone... I mean, obviously, there's a few people like, bang, bang, trash can, but the White Sox got owned. I mean, you can't... yeah. You can't be like, hey, we scored some runs, we're going to come back in the series, you guys are still cheating... And then to lose 10 to 1 and then just get sent home. They won in four. I picked them to win in three, and they basically won in three. This was maybe a three and a half. It wasn't close. It was a gentleman's sweep. They gave them one at home, and then they got pissed and scored on them. The white This series shows me so much more about the White Sox than the Astros, though. Because all season long, they played in that AO Central division. And we wondered, why aren't we talking about this team more? And then I looked at their roster, and I'm like, they're so freaking talented, man. And... We were talking about Tony La Russa being the thing to say would get him for the Astros. 
this this White Sox team's just not battle tested yet. They're not there. They don't have the balls or the the fortitude to like, kind of pull out in that big spot. Like as stupid as that is to say, because I don't have balls in general. So they're mm-hmm. out there just you know doing neutered. that and exactly. I'm a neutered man. And then the Ryan Tapera comments just showed me. Oh, this there's not a like a focus on that team. There wasn't like a locked in like you, dude. You can't give the Astros who feed off of that. They literally feed yeah. off that hate. Bulletin board material before game four. You still got two more to go. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, I I really think this proved to me, and this was my theory before the before the series started. They are not a scary team at all, and mainly because they have all these names. Like you say, Kimbrel, Hendricks, and the bullpen, you're scared. Their lineup, I mean, preseason we're talking about, they're nine deep. It's terrifying. But they didn't win that many games in the regular season, especially for that division they were in, and no one was clicking at the same time. And no surprise in the playoffs, no one's clicking at the same time. They're not a postseason juggernaut yet. I mean, it's still early in their window. So, I mean... No hate to the White Sox, but this shows the difference between like a team that's favored in the preseason versus a postseason workhorse like the Astros. It felt like the White Sox were a collection of incredibly talented players. They never felt yes. like a team to me. Like I never looked at them like this works. Like Kimbrough on the White yeah. Sox never worked. The idea was there, but it never worked. Like, there are so many parts of this team that I... Tony LaRusso as the manager, the idea is there, but it, it never felt like it worked to me. There's just, like, if you go up and down, like, the lineup and the rotation and the bullpen, there's a bunch of studs, and they're going to be back here next year and for many years to come. But it just never felt like it clicked. Like, there was that yeah. that moment of, oh, the white, I can see... On paper, how the White Sox are going to win this series. I just never had that. Even like Robert is a name that sticks out to me. I don't know his exact stats. He didn't have a horrible year. He was hurt for a lot of it. But it's just one of those names that stick out. That like, oh, this is a guy. And then you just don't hear about him. And for whether that's for good or bad, they just had so many cases of that. And then it showed when you lose 10-1 to 1 in the Astros in a must-win game. And you did dominated by a pitching staff that is I think overall underwhelming compared to your pitching staff it's underrated uh the Astros pitching staff is really good Lance McCullough Jr. is a freaking baller in the playoffs dude he's a bad man yeah. when Who it comes is, to postseason we'll get to that but he is out for the ALCS Ooh, little preview Framber Valdez is really good he was hurt oh, for a part no. of the season but he's really good he was your Cy Young pick he's nasty that's uh, true Luis let's Gar- go yeah, Luis Garcia has one of the funnest windups in the league to watch. He's also disgusting. Like, there's a lot it. of guys. Those are yeah, like but their that's all you, starters, that's all you need. which is crazy. That's all, We're going to talk about the Red Sox. We're going to talk about other teams in the AL, even the White Sox. They threw four starters, but I thought they were dumb for doing that. They went Lance Lynn, Lucas Giolito. Who was the third guy they threw? And then they went uh, Rodon. But they you don't need four starters anymore, really. Who's their other starter? Like, in the playoffs, you need free starters and a swing guy. That's all you need, and you can basically get through. And that's what yeah, the Dodgers are doing. You're getting Urias, DS. Scherzer, Bueller. That's all you're getting. 
Yeah. In the CS, I think you're going to get the same thing. You're going to get Do- Scherzer, Bueller, Urias, maybe an opener in game four. You bullpen it, and then you go back to Scherzer, Uri- uh, Bueller, Urias. <laughs> and they're missing Bauer and Kershaw, which is crazy to think about. Crazy. So that's what all these teams are doing. So I think the Lance injury is going to be huge for them in the next round. But for this round, I was stunned by the uh, Astros pitching. I thought it was fantastic. From Lance to their bullpen, I thought it was really good. Kendall Graveman looked a little shaky. But other than that, I was like, this they can pitch. I was impressed. It did. You're right. Yeah, their pitching staff is good. Um, the bullpen pieces they all traded for at the deadline, I think, went under the rug at the deadline. But they got three dudes who are now, like, kind of saving their pen, and they traded for them this year. That's maybe important as the postseason goes on, that people were kind of overwhelmed with, like, Chris Bryant, Javi Baez. But, I mean, Kendall Graveman did a little Yimi, Jimmy, what's his name? Garcia? Yimi? Yimi? Yimi Garcia. Yimi? Or Yimi Garcia. Yeah, I know you're Anyway, you that. say that, it sounds wrong. We're a lot of Garcias. Right. A lot of Garcias, a lot of Rodriguez's. There's a lot of them. YG. We'll call him YG. Okay, I'm here for that. But, yeah, the Astros do what the Astros do, man. They just kind of beat everybody, and then when you call them out, they're going to beat you even harder, and it's it's a weird world to live in. It's a weird world to live in. Last they're series starting, we got to get to, unless you got something else you want to say. They're starting to give me, like, a like old-school 80s basketball team, like NBA like the team early, who's just like, like 80s we're gonna, Pistons or something. Yeah, we're just going to go beat you up. On the field, off the field, we're going to fight you in the locker room. We're, we're going to win. It's kind of scary. They're kind of the bad boys of baseball. It's kind of it's kind of cool. I'm a little jealous of it, to be honest. I don't want the cheating part, but they're kind of, they're kind of cool. Like, if I was if I was an Astros fan growing up with this team, I'd be super into it. Like, I'd be into that FU mentality. Oh, yeah. Moving on to the last series, the series that took years off our live and then also gave us the fountain of youth at the end. The Red Sox take down the Rays in four games. The Rays only won one game, and there's two walk-offs, both at Fenway. I've I, My blood pressure is horrible. See, this was a fun series. We're obviously Red Sox fans, so mega bias. So, mega yeah, bias. let's go Red Sox, obviously. But I've heard so many opinions on this series, and I could not disagree more with everybody so i'm gonna go full hot takey mode here it frustrates me so much when a team like the red sox obviously i'm biased performs like a feat like this the red sox were over under in vegas this year was 80 wins we all said if they make the playoffs that's a win let alone Mm -hmm. if they can beat the yankees at home and then beat the 100 win tampa bay rays and all anybody is talking about is how the Tampa Bay Rays lost it. And I don't think the Tampa Bay Rays lost it. I really don't. This was the Red Sox took it from them. Every part of it. We should be talking more about how the Red Sox was a better team for four games. They just were the better team on the field. I think off the field they were the better team for the set. They handled Mm -hmm. themselves better. They performed better in the clutch. And we'll go through the details of it, but... That narrative of, well, the Tampa Bay Rays lost it is just, I think, such a bad, such a bad uh, narrative to be saying. And honestly, disrespectful. That'd be like if we just went like, oh, the White Sox lost it. The Astros didn't do anything to win that series. It's like, Mm -hmm. no. It's the Astros were the better team. Yeah, like, did the Giants lose the series? 
Even though they won no. the division and the and the Dodgers had the wild card, I don't think so. That's the most frustrating thing about playoff baseball. Like for me, is yeah. when it, a team loses and it's that team's fault, but the other team who busted their butts off gets no credit for like what they did. It's just like, oh well, you know, it doesn't matter. How about that team choking? It's like, why can't we focus on the positive part of it? And the super sucky part, part of my language is depending on what happens in the ALCS is going to determine what people are going to think about the Rays going into next season. Because if the Red Sox beat the Astros, people are going to say, oh, it's just the Red Sox year. They took down the Rays and Astros on the way to the World Series. But if the Astros just handle the Red Sox, people are going to be like, the Rays couldn't have done that? Like, the Rays method doesn't work. And off of your points, I see it both ways. Obviously, the Red Sox had a crazy four-game set. Their offense was insane no one could believe what was happening teacher hernandez hit every ball that even came close to his vicinity and alex cora yeah we're using and viscosity there's another v word for you uh, because i know you don't get a lot of those uh, <laughs> oh, oh jesus um, <laughs> sorry, sorry that it just came out it came out um <laughs> what did i do to you <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry alex cora in a way out Kevin Cash to Kevin Cash. He used his bullpen in such a goofy way, throwing every good pitcher he had whenever he could, and it never bit him in the ass. The Red Sox simply outraged the Rays this series. These are This is the things that people are missing. They look at singular performances, and they're looking at how the Rays were a 100-win team and how the Red Sox were not, and they're like, oh, the Rays should have won this series. Yeah, I agree. I picked the Red Sox because I'm biased, but I agree the Rays should have won this series. But the Rays got out like outmanaged in this series, on the field and off the field. Every time, uh, it, whether it's Chris Sale, pulling Chris Sale after the first inning to flip over that Rays lineup after you go up 5-2 on a Jordan Luplo Grand Slam, you flip over that Rays lineup, and that's what the Rays... Uh, Red Sox and Cora kept doing all series long. Start of a righty, coming with a lefty. Start of a righty, coming with a lefty. Start of a lefty, coming with a righty. That's why they piggybacked Erod and Pavetta. That was the combos. They piggybacked Helk and Sale. You start with a lefty, you come in with a righty, you get the Rays to flip over their lineup, which is not as good against right-handed pitchers as it is against left-handed pitchers. You get some of the bats out of the game that you don't want to face. You bring in Choi and a couple other guys. And bam, now they can't be pinch-hitting in the eighth inning. Now they're pinch-hitting in the third inning. Obviously, Sale sucking and Erod sucking helped that. But that's consistently was the Red Sox approach throughout the season or throughout the series. And whenever pitchers got to bad spots, whether it was Robles in Game 3 or Brazier in Game 4, Cora has something ready to go to try to combat that. Now, was he always on point with it? No. But guess what? He could pull out Brazier in the eighth inning, and the Rays couldn't bring in a pinch hitter to face against Whitlock because guess what? They already flipped their lineup. Yeah. He outmanaged them. He did outmanage them. After game one, this was the Rays series. I was, I know I was saying the Rays are winning it all. Like, this is so special what they have. And who would expect? Erod after that horrible game one to shove in the game clinching series like I do think a lot of things went the Red Sox way but I For also sure. think it was on the table there was many moments where this series was on the table for the Rays to grab and the Red Sox just kept pulling it a little farther away until they grabbed it and the Rays were left stunned not knowing what happened 
the off I think the offense just outplayed the Rays because they have bigger stars and they have guys who just hit. And then the pitching staff squeaked by and Alex Cora made miracles happen. And then we're left saying, how did the Rays lose? My last point on the Rays pitching, I think it was overall like, I mean, they got lit up. They, they're missing starters. And I know they like there hasn't been a lot of starters used, but they didn't have like a single guy who you're like, oh, this is their pitcher. There, I know there was a graphic that we were flipping out about on one of our streams where last oh season God. they rolled out Morton, Glass now with the other dudes, Snell, and, and Yarbrough. And Yarbrough. None of those guys are on the roster. And you're rolling out McClanahan game one who pitched well, but after that, you didn't have a good quality start. And the Red Sox didn't have their fair share of quality starts either, but they did when they needed it. Even having somewhat of an ace to rely on like Evaldi is huge. Get you two wins. The Rays seems like they're missing like three starters and well last season they had their aces see there's a couple yeah i agree uh and a few things we'll get to the kiermaier play but a few things um that stood out to me like if i was going to talk about the like the rays but quickly what the red sox did is i felt like this was a series of letting your players just do what your players do Mm -hmm. putting your players in a position to succeed and just having faith in them and that's what the Rays normally do very well. And I still think they have put their they had faith in their players. I just don't think that they put them always in the best position to succeed. Whereas the Red Sox this series, they empowered people. JD Martinez, you're ready to go. Get out there, man. Do your thing. Doogie, you suck against left-handed pitching. Guess what? You're you're facing a lefty today. Hits a double off the wall. Go do what you do, man. Go be a baller. Play the game. Schwarber makes the error. Has that fun play at first base. Enables just how loose the Red Sox were. How confident they were. The core effect of just, hey guys, just do you, man. Be a baller. That's what you're here to do. And I loved that energy that they had. Whereas the Rays, they just didn't always put their players in positions to succeed, I felt like, throughout the series. And that's what they do. And if you're a Rays fan, I don't think this is a reflection on whether the Rays method works. Like, I think that's like an off-season thing we can get into. I don't think that's it at all. And I see a lot of Rays fans getting upset about uh, McClanahan coming in or the Rays not having a bunch of starters. This is what they did all season. And if we really want to get hot takey with it, they went 18-1 and against the Baltimore Orioles, dude. If you take yeah. out that stretch of baseball... They're just like the Yankees. They're just like the Jays. They're just like the Red Sox. And it's just a reflection of what baseball is. It's a crapshoot. You get into a series, it's who's playing hotter. So who do you who who are your horses? Yeah. I mean, obviously it's easier to say now, but hearing that Oriole stat, which I don't actually hadn't thought about until now, and that I know they crushed the Orioles, but kind of makes a lot more sense compared to last year's team. They had more stars and I think in the postseason it's gonna boil down to that a lot like Randy did his Randy thing a good amount first game he stole home that was crazy but the Red Sox I mean I I don't know it it's so tough but it feels like the, the Red Sox just having works. more firepower worked better in a short sample playoff series well the race method works that's why yeah. Bloom's the manager of the Boston Red Sox, and that's why Andrew Freeman is the manager of the L.A. Dodgers, and that's why the Astros have a guy from Andrew Freeman's tree managing their team. Their method works. It's just on a scale. 
How much does that method work? And also a reminder is that, hey, baseball's a crapshoot, bro. Sometimes you get into a five-game set and your really good young pitcher gets scared and he can't pitch. And guess what baseball – or Chris Sale only goes one inning. That's baseball, baby. It's a, it's I a think game. They- I'm not even questioning the raise method at all. It definitely works. I just think in an ideal world, they're not rolling out the starters that they're rolling out. I think that wasn't the plan to throw McClanahan in like the two biggest situations of the game. No, I think it was. But you would love to have a glass now to eat some innings in a game. Like oh, you, for sure. You would. They were miss. That was my biggest takeaway. I can't get over it. Like the Red Sox just ate up a lot of pitchers they threw out there, which is something. You didn't see last year. Pavetta, who we haven't talked about, a freaking electric factory, full yeah. pension piv out here, L- dropping curveballs. Dude, that's what the Rays don't have. It's the or didn't have the series is that guy. Who's your dude? Yeah. When you're when you get punched in the face, whether it's a comeback or your starter gets blown up, who's the dude who's gonna settle it? Calm it down. Eat that four innings. Take that bullet. They tried to do that with Michael Waka in game two, but he just couldn't do it. Pavetta and Hulk were so good. Pavetta was a freaking animal in this series. And that extra innings win, he was nasty. Now, we can talk about the Kiermaier play now because he arguably should have gave up a run. Everyone knows by now Kevin Kiermaier hit a, a double to right field, bounced off run foot into the bullpen. It's ruled a ground road double. Uh, I forget who goes to third base. Was it Wander at the time? Or Randy goes to third base. Kiermaier's on second. No run score. Pavetta strikes out the next hitter. Tenses up on the mound because he's a freaking king, and I want to order his jersey ASAP. <laughs> it's a stupid rule. Ray should have scored a run, but it's the rule. It's a dumb yeah. rule, though. My, It's not a call. It's not a bad call. It's a rule. It's actually a really good call. Yeah, it's a great call. It's just a weird rule. That it's a there's no good outcome of it, no matter what, because the other option you you change that rule this offseason, which might happen, and you turn it into a umpire choice, which never goes well, because then you're relying more on umpires, which baseball fans don't generally enjoy. So that gets tricky, but I guess people are saying like the ruse, the Rays got screwed, like that was a bad call. Maybe the Rays got screwed a little bit, but like that is just in the rule book. That's like the sport of baseball, and we are Red Sox fans, so I can't give an unbiased take on this. But it's, yeah, it's a little tough. It feels like, I mean, unlucky. I think is the word for it. It's just crazy that the Rays didn't pay Renfro. He signs with the Red Sox for cheap, and then has one of the luckiest bounces that he didn't even try to do. That basically saved the series. I have a word for it. It's baseball. That, it's these true. are the things that happen, whether it's uh, Wilmer Flores striking out on a not-strike-free call and he gets ringed up, or Kevin Kiermaier hitting a double that should have put the Rays up on top, but it has a weird bounce rule, or Tommy Pham, who's a gold-glove outfielder, misplaying a ball as it propels the Washington Nationals to a World Series championship. It's baseball, baby. These are the things that happen. Like, you miss... Plays happen in a weird way, and then we look back on it and we go, ah, remember that time this happened? And that's what makes the sport so fun. It's just the human element and those like little details. 
Lamont Jr. should have almost hit a freaking walk-off home run against Max Scherzer 20 feet the other way. He goes down as a Giants postseason legend. Instead, the series is over. Kevin Kiermaier was an inch away from hitting a two-run home run at Fenway Park. Instead, it goes. It's just the weird nature of baseball, and I don't think the Rays got screwed. It's a terrible call. If I was a Rays fan, I'd be super pissed. I don't know how you're not pissed if that happens. I don't think anybody looked at that play and said, oh, yeah, Rays didn't score a run right there. Everybody knew it off the bat. It was like, oh, they scored. Yeah. My only thing, though, is the whole like complaining about Fenway thing kind of bothers me. Like the whole the monster and then the right field. It's like, dude, we. I was watching the game one of tr- the trop, and I don't hate the trop in general. Like it's annoying, but like I like how weird it is in a weird way. But I was getting explained mad. on live tele. I got mad. I got explained on live television about A, B, C, and D rings, and you yeah, can't be complaining about the wall in Fenway. Like, come on, bro. Yeah, I feel like in 2018 when the Red Sox were just running the table, there wasn't a lot of this. Fenway Park sucks talk didn't a lot of that and I don't know if that's just because we're on I'm on TikTok the space a lot and there's a lot of young people expressing their opinions but I feel like there wasn't a lot of Fenway Park is the worst ballpark claims and I mean I like Fenway I'm not maybe as diehard as a believer in it as like a super diehard like guy from Southie would be but it's that's what baseball is. It's not a football stadium where they're all the same exact thing. The Trop has a roof. Yankee Stadium has a very short porch that they designed on purpose to help the team. The Red Sox have a sh- giant wall in left field, but it's a little shorter. And a super deep center field. That is the sport. And obviously in the most competitive situations, you get annoyed at the little things that st- stop you from losing. And that's just what happens in sports and it happens to the best of us. But at the end of the day, the Rays could have scored another run on the 13th, and they could have pitched better to Vasquez, and, like, the butterfly effect is infinite. The stadium bitching, I do it sometimes, but it is the least, like, resolvable. I It's the weirdest thing to complain about, even when I do it, because you don't actually want it to change. Nobody wants Yankee Stadium to be... An even play. Nobody wants Yankee Stadium and Fenway Park to be carbon copies of each other. You want the weird ballparks. It's what makes it interesting. As a fan, when you go to a new ballpark, you're like, ooh, what does this place have? Or, yeah. ooh, what, like San Francisco has a 400-foot right field where Brandon Ruff should have had free home runs if it was in 29 other ballparks. But it wasn't in 29 other ballparks. And that's what makes it interesting. So the Kiermaier play sucks for Kiermaier. Dude's a baller. Freaking that throw that got Doogie. By the way, still safe. The throw that got Doogie, so safe. Uh, what a throw, still. What a laser. He's a beast. It's a tough break for the Rays, and I don't hate the Rays. I'm not against the Rays method, but they just got baseball. Baseball happened. They lost in five games, four games. That's what happened. To prove my unbiasedness, Manny Margot stole second, and he was so, so safe, and they called him out, and I was like, that's crazy. He was very safe. So safe. So there was a little—that's the only thing I could say. But I'm not going to say the Rays got screwed because they, they had it on the table multiple times to take. If, but there there was a lot of game-altering calls that went for both sides at times. But it was—I mean, I just—I can't really say it didn't happen in other series after seeing the end of the Giants-Dodgers game, but— Felt like the umps were more involved in the series. 
if you want to, if you're a Rays fan, the thing you should be upset about is the fact that Randy Arozarena and Wanda Franco absolutely freaking showed out this series and were not every time they came up to a plate, you could not get them out. Wanda Franco was a beast. Uh, besides that terrible strike free call he got in game five, if you want to be upset about something, that was a terrible call. Um, Randy Rosarena, every time he came up, I just wanted to bury Bonds intentional walk him because I knew he was going to hurt us. And every time he hurt us is what he does. Stole home like a freaking bad home. man. He stole home in the bad playoffs. Dude. Bad dude. Well, you should be like, if you want to be upset, it's just that they didn't get any help, whether it was Zanino or Brandon Lau, who went 0 for, or a bunch of other guys in that lineup. It was basically get around Randy and Wander and you're good. And that's what happened. Yeah. My last thing. Oh, I had one last thing I wanted to rant about for people. But, oh, this is my last thing. Red Sox fans and Red Sox in general, we are. Stop with the whole popcorn thing. What are we doing? Who cares that they're eating popcorn in the dugout? Like, everyone has taken that. Remember game one, they were eating popcorn? Everyone's kind of taken that and run with it. Like, you eating popcorn. Now? Dude, doesn't everybody eat sunflower seeds in the dugout literally every game? What's the difference between popcorn and sunflower seeds? It's the same thing. I, I might be going the other way on this one. Be, Go maybe this because way. Duty just fires me up, and I love him like a child. But according to his claims, they're eating popcorn in the dugout, maybe more insinuating that this is easy, this is just a good show, and that they, they ordered the champagne, ready to sweep the series. I can see how that's inspiring. Yeah, yeah maybe fans don't have to get pissed. As a player, for fans, sure. That's what fans do, but it's also, I mean, that's motivation. That is probably a big reason the Red Sox beat the Rays. Oh, as a player, for sure. Use whatever you can get, man. If you see the team doing something that pisses you off, fuels that to positive production on the field, hell yeah. But as a player, dude, I think every team orders champagne to the ballpark because what if you do win and you have no champagne? That's a sad time. What are you going to celebrate with, Gatorade? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's, I bet if we looked, every team does. I bet the Giants, I bet the Dodgers... Had a champagne there tonight. They won. If they didn't order champagne, they're like, "What do you think you're gonna? You think you're gonna beat us tonight, bro?" It's like, "Well, no. I just want to be ready." Yeah, I, I'm not mad at it at all because I think this is, like, this is what people want. This is what Boston wants. You want to get fired? Oh, I hate the. Oh, I'm, I'm not mad at it, but I do think that it's very. It's a weird storyline because I remember it happening. I thought it was kind of cool. I was like, "Damn, the Rays are like." vibing right now that's pretty flex like nelson cruz just eat popcorn on the bench i was like that's pretty cool yeah it good dvd moment they win game one motivation's horrible the rays are eating popcorn and then you show the rays going home after game four i think that is that's probably what they're working off of kind of gets me fired up okay i'm here for it It, i thought it was an interesting thing that i didn't expect that to like be the story i kind of forgot about it until after game four and then everyone was like, the popcorn. And I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize yeah. this was like a sink. Well, I think the whole thing was sprung off of the Doogie quote, right? Yeah. By the way, Doogie, Doogie your cousin from Boston, I love you. He had such a I was a so good... wrong on Doogie. I was such an idiot. Maybe your worst take ever. By far my worst take ever. It's not yeah. even close. Nothing I ever say yeah. will ever compare to how bad that take was. And for people who don't know the take, it wasn't even about his performance because in that aspect, you're probably more right than me. He's just been he's been like a good MLB player, but he hasn't he, been. He's a, a he's, a, he's, he's an he's an average MLB player. He's like an outfielder. Yeah. But his likableness, if that's a word, is off the charts. I mean, it compares slightly to Muti. His play doesn't. So his likeness in Boston fans and in, in the fandom. It's crazy that he's even like on the charts because he's been he's capturing hearts around the nation. 
Oh, that I was so wrong about that. So I got to eat bugs on that. ALCS Astros versus I'm Red nervous. Sox. Uh, for some would say is a cheater series is how it's been going around. Uh, that hurts me. That hurts my soul. Even now, saying that. One last rant. I've seen a few comments, not a lot, but like when we were celebrating, we had a pretty epic reaction to the. This is what Game happens board. when we're not on the pod for a while. We got to get to so much. Everybody trolls us when we're not on the pod yeah. and we can't battle back. But people were like, Red Sox cheated. It's like, who are, where are these claims coming from? Like, maybe they did, but I didn't I didn't hear about that. Like, how is, oh, they just won. The, oh, the the Red Sox definitely have cheated at points, whether it's the Apple Watch or something. But so what? Guess your favorite team has as well. Everyone yeah. does. The only difference with the Astros is that they just decided to get like in super complex with it and make it out of this world. But if every team cheats, it's just how much are you yeah. cheating? It- Did you see? I saw a headline today that there's going to be anti-magnet mirrors in the ballparks I- <laughs> to ensure that this. no team is using cameras to cheat. And that felt I do. I still don't know how to feel about that. I That's saw crazy. that and I was like. I was like, I saw that, and I was like, some really salty fan is running this headline. I was so, like, so they, or is there an actual good chance that they think both teams are gonna cheat? Like, that's a that's a crazy thought too. People think they were both cheating in 2018. That it was like the battle of the cheaters in the 2018 AOCS. So they probably Maybe. think it again. It's I mean, crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got Red Sox versus Astros on the field matchup. I think if we were going to stack rosters, I th- again, I think people are mis-selling the Red Sox here. I think the Red Sox are going to win this series. I do. I think they'll win at seven. If we stack, especially Lance McCullough Jr. is a giant loss for the Astros. He has yeah. been nuts for them in the playoffs, whether it was when they won the World Series or now. He's been great for them in the, when did he get uh, in the rotation. In his last start? He got hurt in their last start. I'm pretty sure that they pushed him a day back because of the rain delay, and then he like hurt his arm during the start, and he had to come out because of forearm tightness. So now he's out yeah. with the series. So he's definitely out for the whole ALCS. I don't know if he could return for the World Series if the, they make it there, but at least maybe. for the ALCS, he's out, and he was he's their game one guy, kind of their their he's stud. A dude. He, yeah, he went I think seven innings shutty, six innings shutty in game one against the Astro uh, White Sox. So. That's a huge loss, and this series will be decided with starting pitching, whether that's out of the bullpen or just to start the game, but you're looking at two teams with crazy offenses that are not going to be able to handle each other versus two pitching staffs that, I mean, are, I want to, is it fair to say they're overperforming? Um, yeah, I guess, I think they're pitched. Yeah, I think their pitching staffs are equal. I think that their lineup is... Valdez has owned the Red Sox this year. That's something to know. Framper has been nuts against the Red Sox this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's game, probably game one starter, so note that. But I think their pitching rotate staff is pretty equal. Bullpen, probably. I might lean a little Astros, but pretty equal. And then lineup, same thing. I might lean slight Astros, but also pretty equal. I might even go Red Sox on the lineup. I think they're... Very even teams, if we look at their talent up and down and how they're performing. I think the X factor in a series is how Alex Cora manages his team versus how Dusty Baker manages his team. And I think that not having Lance McCullers is a giant factor in that because the one thing that's going to affect the Red Sox is that this is a seven-game set. 
not a five-game set. They already announced Chris Sale will be starting game one. When you're listening to that, this, this, this is tonight because 2 a.m. when we're recording this now. So Chris Sale getting game one is going to really set the tone of this series because I still believe that the Red Sox want to do how Sale piggyback that lefty-righty. They're very similar pitching styles, but they come from a different angle. So as a hitter, especially the uh, Astros are heavy right-handed besides Jordan Alvarez, who's kind of the key to that whole lineup. They're very right-handed heavy with Altuve, Cora, and uh, Correa, and Bregman. So Houck's going to be really big in this series as well as Pavetta. So I think that they want to piggyback Houck off the bullpen, and I think they want to use Pavetta out of the pen still too. Like they don't want to – they're going to have him probably start a game, but I think you'll see him three times in this series. If the Red Sox do what they do against the Rays, they can't win this series because they squeaked by – a four-game set with really two starters. <laughs> so yeah, you you need four quality starts to win the series at minimum. So you got to get one from Sale or two from Sale, Erod, Ivaldi, and then Pavetta. You would assume Hauk maybe starts a game. I don't know what they're going to do, but I also agree Hauk seems like a great bullpen piece. Or you start. I don't want him starting a game. I'd rather Pavetta start a game and you keep Hauk yeah. as that kind of. That righty specialist, especially against his right-handed lineup. you And, I mean, the only benefit, I guess, to that is the Astros are going to have to do that, too. Because they don't have five aces or four aces like they have in the past. Well, they also have a piggyback strategy. With McCullers out, you're going to get Valdez, you're going to get Garcia, and you're going to get... um, What's his other name? Why am I blanking? Valdez, Garcia, and... Oh, you're Gar- going to get Granky and Odorizzi probably as a one-two combo. Like, they're probably piggyback off each other as their game three or game four starter, and then you'll probably go with bullpen day. Going to be a weird series because the pitchers that have shoved so far are not the names. You have Chris Sale and Granke, who a couple years ago you're going, oh, that's a great game one matchup. I mean, Sale is starting game one, but he went one inning, five turn runs last series. So you're you're seeing, like, the, oh, Framber Valdez versus Nick Pavetta game. That's a, that's a highlight on the schedule. So it's weird. I, I think the Red Sox need pitching magic to continue. Their bullpen has been awesome, and I'm still a little confused how. So we need that to either be proven that they're just really good or just keep the magic going. To take, because It's not only that they have to be good. They're facing the Astros, who have been the best offense, if not the second best offense, to the Red Sox this whole postseason. You're going to need a crazy pitching performance, or the offense has to score 25 runs a game. So my keys for the Astros to win the series are Jordan Alvarez has to be an absolute wrecking ball against the Red Sox, who are right-handed heavy, whether it's Pavetta, Houck, Ivaldi, Whitlock, uh, Brazier, Robles, I think might be a lefty, but they're very right-handed heavy as a pitching staff. A lot of their guys they're going to depend upon are right-handed heavy, and the Astros can bang right-handed pitching as righties, but that is a little favor to the Red Sox there. Jordan Alvarez, left side of the plate, he's going to be a key factor for them. The Astros also, defense. That's something they clearly have over the Red Sox. They're a great defensive team, whether it's Bregman, Correa, or Otuve, or their outfield. Kyle Tucker, sneaky good outfielder. Defense, no errors at all. That's kind of like their style. They have to play a clean game. Because the Red Sox will make mistakes. That's kind of what they do. They will make dumb mistakes at some points. So whether it's Hunter Renfro missing the cutoff man, Kyle Schwarber thrown into the dugout. They are going to make mistakes. I don't think the Astros will. And lastly, just don't 
get in your own way as the Red Sox. If the Red Sox give the Astros any bulleted board material, then I think the Astros are probably going to wax them. So I don't want to hear any Astros, uh, any Red Sox fans giving anything to the Astros because this team is incredibly talented and they're playing for a lot. Like we talk about the Red Sox have like a momentum and a run. The Astros have the most to play for out of anybody this postseason. And that type of fuel and drive can push it. This is going to be such an amazing series. I hope it's not a sweep on either end. I mean, Red Sox I don't think be it awesome. will be. Not going to happen, but I hope it's a crazy series. Definitely will be. And I loved your point about you can't give them anything to get mad about. Because even they win against the White Sox, and you see them celebrating like it's a normal game. Like it's a they just shook hands. They didn't even celebrate, which is so badass. I mean, that's insane. Love or hate the Astros. That's crazy. The, and the Red Sox are kind of the opposite of that. They're feels like they're running on borrowed time. They're just rubbing the genie bottles hard as they can, squeaking out wins, two walk-offs out of three wins. White Sox, Red uh, Astros did not do that. They just kind of handled business. So I think you need to have the genie give you a lot of magic and act like you're supposed to be there at the same time. The Red Sox, if the Red Sox win this, the key to the Red Sox for winning this series is offense with Devers and Martinez banged up and the eighth inning. This this series mm-hmm. will be won and lost in the eighth inning for the Red Sox. Yeah. Because Do whether it's Robles, team... Brazier, Pavetta's not going to be able to come out of the pen as much, so you're not going to be able to rely on him as much to do that. But that's where the Red Sox are the most vulnerable in like a big clutch situation where the Astros, you know, if you see Carlos Correa in the eighth inning, something bad's about to happen. So that's where the Red Sox are the most vulnerable. So if you're a Astros fan, you got a tie game, eighth inning, write that down because that's probably your spot where you're going to see how good this Red Sox team is playing. Because when they're playing at their best, Robles or Brazier can shove against you. But when they're at their worst or not at their best, they're very hittable. Yeah, and I wonder... I don't. I'm trying to look it up quick, but we don't know the Astros as well as Astros fans. I, I wonder if the Astros have a dude that is because I know in the one game they lost, they kind of had a blow up eighth inning as well. So the eighth inning might really be like, do either team have that eighth inning guy? That'll be interesting. I don't think so it'll, it'll be a great take if something big happens in the eighth inning. I'll clip this and it'll be epic. Yeah, I think I know Presley's their closer. They obviously got Rayleigh and Stanek, but. Then they're gonna obviously do a lot of bullpen switching with their starters, but I think that the bull, I think the Astros bullpen isn't that good. Like I think you can get to it. This is compared to the Rays, where it was like doesn't matter if you get the starters out. I think you, you want to get Framber out as fast as you can and get to that bullpen because you can have success against them. But yeah, that's kind of where we're looking. So, Jax, what's your official prediction on this series? Stanek has given up a lot of important home runs, and that's a loss. Stanek is getting slapped around. That's obvious. Yeah, um, and probably Robles too. Sadly. I picked it earlier today. I'm going Red Sox in six just because I don't want to pick them in seven. Yeah, I have Red Sox in seven, but my two, if the Red Sox win, Nick Pavetta is once again the MVP. Mm-hmm. And if the Astros win, Fran Valdez is the MVP. Because, man, does that team need some innings right now. And yeah. it's got, Framber's got to shove. And I think he can. That's, I think for it, we're going to, all walk away from this series either being like, wow, Nick Pavetta really just established himself as a, like a high. I can see why everyone saw that upside. Or, wow, Framber Valdez is no wonder Jack picked him to win Cy Young. That dude's a freaking wagon. Yeah, and I'm a genius. 
don't know. Feels like a lock. That's true, which the Red Sox will need. Feels like the lock is a pitcher's going to win MVP of the series because if any pitcher has two quality starts, two quality starts in this series would be insane. If Sale can shove game one, go into like the seventh or eighth, which would I don't think that's going to happen, and then he does it again in like game five, that is insane against either offense. Or same if Framber does that. That's series altering because I mean, if they're if a team doesn't score five runs, if you get them below five runs, that's a win because both these offenses will quite literally not stop scoring. Yeah, like if you were a mutual fan and you were to draft like their pitching rotation, Avaldi's the clear number one that McCullers is hurt now. I might have gone McCullers, or it was one A one B, but Avaldi's the clear number one because he's just nuts in the postseason. Yeah. Um, I think Framber is number two. Easy. And then it comes down to whether you want to go Garcia or Pavetta. Or that's probably where it comes in next. With Sale, because they could have started Eovaldi, technically. They're giving Eovaldi game two, which is great for us. I like that confidence going into game one. I do too. Red Sox fan moment here. If we get our asses kicked by the Astros game one, we know, hey, we got Eovaldi game two, then it's a brand new series. Hopefully go to game I seven. agree. Is the sale move a, we trust a new sale, you had a bad start, but you're Chris Sale, you're going to shove, you're going to give us good innings, give us five good innings, that's what we want, 15 outs. Or is this a, let's see what you got, and Tanner Houck is ready? I think it's a, let's see what you got, Tanner Houck is ready, we play one more in Houston, now we have an off day and we're back in Boston. I think Sale has the quickest of hooks on him. Like, if he looks bad at all, I think they pull him and he becomes a bullpen piece for the rest of the series. I think that's how it's going to go. If that happens, Chris Sale's the nastiest opener of all time in the playoffs. Oh, Two sure, one-inning appearances. Could, I think he could get tagged up. Like, I'm not super confident in Sale, but I think it's a big move by Cora. I like it. I like that. Like what she said, you have Evaldi as your landing spot because you don't really know what you're going to see from this Astros team in Houston. Like, that environment, losing game one is very likely. So, having that, uh, Helk is a backup plan, and then Evaldi to fall back on, and then you get your off day. I like that, even for the bullpen's sake. Because they're going to be rested, so for game one, they're going to be ready to fire. So you have everybody hands on deck in game one. I like that move, and also sets up Avaldi to pitch potential game six or yeah. also be available as an, another time in the series. So I think it's a good move. We'll see about the sale. It's going to tell us how valuable he is to the series overall. You had Braves winning game one as a lock. What's your game lock? Any game of the series, who's going to win what game? Put the money on it. Uh, my game lock is Red Sox are six and zero at home. So my game lock is that Red Sox are going to win game three and four at home. I think that the Astros will be going into game five down in the series. That is my pick. I like that. That that's it's, my pick too. I think game three. Is my lock. Red Sox Do you want to know how I really see it going? At, Red Sox are going to get up in the series 3-1, to one, and the Astros are going to force a game 7, and then all hell is going to break loose. We all forget that the Astros were down 3-0 against the Tampa Bay Rays last year, and the ALCS enforced a game 7. So that's what I imagine. Oh, last point, we were one series away from a complete rematch from the COVID season, which I think fully disproves any, like, Mickey Mouse accusations. I agree. It was it was very close to being Rays Astros Braves Dodgers. That's what we got last year. This year the Red Sox snuck in and we got Red Sox Astros Braves Dodgers, and so much changed. I mean the Giants were the best 
team in baseball. They're number one in the power rankings, best record. And they miss out on this, and people in 10 years looking back go, oh, 2020, 2021, same, same powerhouses all year. Crazy. That is crazy. And that ends our episode. Thank you so much for listening. We're excited. Next time we'll be talking to you, we'll be talking about our World Series matchup between the Boston Red Sox and another team because that's what's going to happen. Thank you guys all so much for supporting the show. If you guys want to help support the show even more, you know where to go. Patreon.com slash We Get Ice. Get all that exclusive content today. Help support what we're doing here. We're sorry. No video pods lately. We're hoping to get them back for the World Series. And in the offseason, we're revamping, making them better, bigger, all that cool stuff. Uh, you guys know where to find us on Instagram, TikTok, all that fun stuff. Like and subscribe. Tell a friend. Let's get excited for the playoffs and come Ooh. hang out for our Red Sox live streams. All right. We'll see you guys next time. Take it easy and stay chilly. Peace. Peace.